Hey, welcome to the Fusion ATL podcast. This is Pastor Vance. If you're not familiar with Fusion, we are the young adult ministry for Victory World Church in Norcross, Georgia. We meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Fusion ATL. I hope you enjoy this message and we look forward to seeing you soon. What's up, Fusion? What's up, me? That's all you got? Okay. Ah, that was amazing. Worship. Did you guys enjoy that? Man, I'm still moved by that. Um, We've been in a series called Kingdom, where we've been learning about the kingdom of God. If you are new here, one, we want to say welcome. Can we make some noise? Thank you. Are y'all awake? Is anybody awake? Y'all, y'all need a second? Worship is still, is still, yeah, I feel that. Okay, 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 okay. Making sure y'all are good. But um, if you are new here, we've been in a series called Kingdom, where we've been talking about the kingdom of God and that Jesus, who we come here to worship, who we come here to engage with, who we come here to hear from, when he showed up on earth, he did not announce a new religion. He did not announce a new philosophy. He did not announce a new book of rules. He did not announce a new option. He announced that the kingdom of God had arrived. But many of us have not grown up in a society that is familiar with kingdom. We know democracy, government by the people for the people. However, Jesus came and announced something very, very important. And if we are going to follow him, we have to understand what he's about, what he teaches. And kingdom, but just the term kingdom of God occurs over 120 times in, in the Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament, uh, and occurs almost 200 times in the New Testament as a whole. And so if he's going to be talking about it this much, do you guys agree that we should understand what he means when he says that? You guys ready to learn a little bit? Okay. Because I've been learning, and this has been changing my daily walk. This has been changing the way that I approach Jesus. This has been changing the way that I approach life. God wants to reveal things to us. There are things, the, the Bible talks about the mysteries of God and how there are certain things that have just been hidden from our understanding for a long time. But he wants to reveal truth to us, and he wants to reveal who he is and what's going on to us. Amen? Okay, so I want to pray, and then I want to dive into a bit of scripture tonight. God, we thank you. We love you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here. We thank you that you are aware of what's going on in this place. Lord, that you know each and every individual sitting in here. Lord, that you know our circumstances. You know our thoughts. You know our doubts. You know our fears. You know our faith. You know our beliefs. So, Lord, I ask that you would speak to each and every one of us in our innermost being. Lord, that you would reveal your heart to us, that you would reveal who we are to us, Lord, that you would reveal who you are to us, Lord, through what we're doing tonight. Lord, I pray that you would give me insight, Lord, that you would give me wisdom, that you would give me revelation, and that you would give each and every person sitting in here your spirit of wisdom and revelation so they they can understand what you want to say tonight, that you would give us ears that can hear what you're saying, eyes that can see you, and hearts that can understand. 
Lord, I pray that you would just decrease me and increase in me and speak to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so last week we talked about the authority of Jesus, that Jesus is king. You guys remember that? Jesus is king. It's so important for us to understand because kings operate differently than your everyday person. The king determines what's taking place in his kingdom. The king determines what is allowed, what is not allowed, and it's just by what he wants. There's no negotiating. I know a lot of us might be familiar with the United Kingdom, and we see the Queen of England, and then we see Parliament who's actually making decisions, and she's just kind of there as a royal figure or a face, but it's not just whatever she wants goes. However, in the kingdom of God, whatever the king wants goes. And that's good news for us because the king, Jesus himself, only wants good for us, only has a good plan for us. And he came to restore us, to refresh us, to rebuild us. We talked about gentrification in the first message and how that's coming in and changing a community, building it up, and how Jesus wants to do that in our lives. But a lot of us are operating our day-to-day lives not aware of what's actually going on around us, not aware of what needs to be rebuilt, not aware of what needs to be fixed. And so we don't understand the will of the king. But I believe that tonight Jesus wants to reveal to us something about the unseen world and what our place in that is. He said that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. And so he has authority over the seen world and the unseen world. And I believe that when we understand our place in that, we can operate properly in what we see, when we understand what we don't see. I was only planning on glancing over this, uh, this story tonight, and so I actually didn't put it in the notes. And then when I was sitting, when I, not sitting, but when I was standing over here in worship, I felt like God wanted me to actually read this um, tonight as we were singing Surrounded, uh, Fight My Battles. Did you guys enjoy that song? It's a really good song. And the cool thing about it is that is actually founded on scripture. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And this is something that I actually think about a lot when I'm just going throughout my life, when I might be experiencing some type of attack. I need to know that even though what I see in front of me may look challenging, may look threatening, I'm surrounded by something much greater and I'm protected by the king who's actually in charge. And so there's a passage of scripture that this is actually founded on. And if you guys have your Bibles, most of you guys probably at least have a phone. I hope you have the Bible app. If you will turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. And I'll give you a second to turn there. Because I think it's important that we actually see this. So that's 2 Kings chapter 6. You guys there? I'll give you two more seconds. 2 Kings chapter 6, starting in verse 8. This is talking about Elisha. Elisha was a prophet. Uh, A lot of us know about Elijah. Elisha was his successor. It followed after him and actually had the double portion of the anointing that was on Elijah. And if you know Elijah, Elijah called down fire from heaven on Mount Carmel, had this huge standoff with the current kingdom of that time. And then Elisha comes behind him and actually has it double the anointing that Elijah had. So it would do well for us to pay attention to what goes on in his life. So chapter six, verse eight. Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel 
After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set my camp up in such and such a place. The man of God, referring to Elisha, sent word to the king of Israel, who was at war with this person who's setting up camp, right? So Elisha sends word, beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and time again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me, which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? Because he's wondering, how does this guy keep figuring out where we are? None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. So he's saying, none of us are on the side of the king of Israel, but there's somebody who knows God, who's giving the king of Israel advice supernaturally and knows not only what you're sharing with us, but what you're sharing in your own bedroom. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back, he is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. So where Elisha was living, the guy who he was pretty much prophesying against had sent an army and surrounded the city with chariots and horses. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I'm praying that God does something like that for us, opens our eyes to see what's actually going on. There is a prophet, somebody who's serving God and just walking in his purpose, being obedient, sharing what God is telling him to share, living in relationship with God, knows God, knows who God really is, understands that God is king. And so when this army comes, I mean, we can read this in the Bible and think, okay, there was an army. No, there is an army coming for one guy. Not a SWAT team, an army that surrounded the city, not surrounded his house, not surrounded his subdivision, surrounded the city for one guy. And he says, oh, don't be afraid. Those who are with us, you don't want to mess with them. Open my servant's eyes, he says. Servant looks around and sees chariots of fire surrounding who he was surrounded by. So it may look like he's surrounded. It may look like you're surrounded. It may look like your situation is very challenging, very threatening. It may look like your whole city is surrounded for just you. But if you will get the revelation that your whole city is surrounded, 
for just you, by God, who is much greater than any threatening force that comes against you, any demonic force that comes against you, any darkness that comes against you, any sickness that comes against you, any attacks that come against you, any anxiety that comes against you, any depression that comes against you, he who is with you is much greater than whoever's with them. That is good news. This is why it's good news that the kingdom of God has arrived. And I feel like if we will learn this, if we will understand this, if this will resonate with us and we'll start walking this out, our Christianity will be very different. Unfortunately, I feel like a lot of us are living lives in defeat and we don't realize that we're living in defeat and we're living woe is me lives because life gets hard. How many of you guys know if you were surrounded by an army that came to capture you, that would not be a light situation. So I'm not making light of your situation. I'm not making light of the challenges that you're facing. But your awareness of who is really with you, your awareness of the kingdom of heaven is so important in your understanding of who Jesus is and your understanding of your Christianity. If you call yourself a Christian and you don't understand the kingdom, then you're going to miss out on how to actually do this. Because Jesus, Jesus came and Jesus lived among the people and he preached and he was crucified, but he rose again. He got about the grave and he showed his power over death and over darkness. And when he came back, this is what he told his disciples. He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It was very, very, very important that they understood that. But once we understand the authority of Jesus, we also need to understand the authority that he gives to us. Because there's authority that Jesus actually gives us. In Luke 10, he says to the disciples, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Now you might be saying, well, why snakes and scorpions? He had just sent the disciples out to heal sickness, to free people from demonic oppression, and they came to him and they said, Lord, even the demons are submitting to us in your name. This was unheard of for them. Demonic powers submitting to humans, they're saying, Even demons are submitting to us in your name. And he says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, representing demonic spirits, trample on them, on snakes and scorpions, and to overcome all, say all. All. Say it like you believe it. All. All the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, Do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. After that, you might say, well, he gave that authority to his disciples. How do we know that's for us? I'm glad you asked. In Mark 16, and this is all post-resurrection that Jesus is having these conversations. So first, well, not that last one with the all authority, but first one when he's saying all authority has been given to me post-resurrection. 
This one right here, Mark 16, last chapter of the book of Mark. Jesus comes to them fully resurrected, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs, say these signs, will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. So Jesus is saying, go out into the world, preach all the gospel, and these are the signs that are actually gonna follow. It won't just be that people are happier. It won't just be that people wear shirts with Jesus on it. It won't just be that people, hey, these are the signs that will follow. Everybody will have a scripture in their bio on IG. No. He's saying, when you understand this, there should be some evidence of what's happening here. Jesus has always been about demonstration. He came, and in order to demonstrate his power, he did miracles. All throughout scripture, we see God demonstrating his power, not being afraid to get involved, to intervene, to interact with us, and to show us his dominion and his power and the fact that he really is king. And so Jesus is saying, when you go out into the world and preach the gospel, it's not just so that people will have another option of a new religion. It's not, hey, all ways lead to the same place. Because I don't think that many other philosophies include these signs. Most people don't even acknowledge the fact that demons exist. But a lot of us are aware of it, more than you would even know. Some of you might feel weird because you know you've had some very spiritual experiences and you don't realize that it's actually really common. Why? Because we're all dealing with it. How many of you guys feel like you have had some type of interaction, encounter, some type of experience with a spiritual presence? Yeah. What about a dark spiritual presence? Right? Jesus is saying, in my name, these things will be driven out. Jesus is not saying, hey, you're still just going to have to deal with this. You're still just going to have to be submitted to this. In my name, people will just suffer. No. He says, actually, go out into the world, preach the gospel to every person I've created, and this stuff will follow. First and foremost, in my name, they will drive out the very thing that is oppressing them. They'll have authority now because I'm giving it to you. There is an authority that God delegates to all who believe in him. This is something that we can walk in because we can walk in faith. And I think faith is very, very important. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. But many of us have more of a revelation of faith than we do authority. And we don't know how to apply faith with authority. And when you can't exercise authority, you will live a defeated Christian life. And God does not want that for you. There are actually things that you can take authority over in the name of Jesus. Why? Because he says so. 
Amen? And so what do we have authority over? Well, he says they'll drive out demons. They'll pick up snakes with their hands. When they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. Just like he said to uh, the disciples previously, nothing will harm you. And he said they will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. I'll say it this way. In Jesus, we have authority over demonic spirits, all of their power, and everything they could do to harm us. We have to understand this. We have to understand this. Because there is an enemy of your soul. There is an enemy that's wanting to steal everything that God has for you. And Jesus is saying you have authority over all the power that he has. But if you live feeling like, oh, the devil, oh, here he goes again. The enemy's just attacking. I'm just under attack, going through it. That's not pleasing to God. And I'm not saying you can't acknowledge your circumstances or acknowledge the depth of your circumstances. Excuse me. Just like Elisha, there's an army surrounding us. We're not gonna act like that's not happening, but we're gonna be aware of the authority that God has given us and of his presence with us. And so don't be afraid because God is with us. And so God has given us authority over demonic spirits, all of their power and everything they could do to harm us. As I was reading and as I was studying for this message, this particular scripture really, really stuck out to me. Um, It's in Colossians, Colossians 2, 13 through 15. Talking about Jesus, it says, he forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness. Meaning we were legally indebted to God because of our sins, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, talking about spirits, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So this says that he disarmed the powers and authorities. So what were they armed with? Well, if we look at right before then, he says, he forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross and having, meaning because of that, he has disarmed the powers and authorities. So what stood in our way and separated us from God was our sins. What that also did is put us in the realm of the authority of the kingdom of darkness. Our sins, our disobedience, our rebellion, our rebellion from God put us in the realm of authority of demonic spirits. They have authority in darkness. I'll put it this way. Sin puts us under the authority of the kingdom of darkness. He says that we were legally indebted to God, and because of that, they had a case against us. If we look in the book of Job, it's fascinating First chapter of Job, we see this rare glimpse into the activity of heaven where God is on the throne, the angels are attending him, and they all, the, 
they all gather before him. And it says that Satan shows up and God says to him, have you considered my servant Job? Satan says that he's come from roaming on the earth, going back and forth, looking around. God says, have you considered my servant Job? He's righteous, stand up guy. God is looking at each and every one of us, aware of what's going on, but also the enemy is because Satan had been familiar with Job. He said, well, you've blessed him. You've put a hedge around him and protected him. You've blessed the work of his hands. You've multiplied him and given him prosperity. Surely if you took that stuff away from him, he would curse you. So God says, all right, we'll test that out. Now you might be saying, all right, I'm checking out here. Because why would God do that? I would tell you this is where you should lean in because Jesus is king. And there's stuff going on that you have no idea about. You don't know what's going on in the heavens. You barely know what's going on in the earth. <laughs> and so if we'll come before God humbly, instead of with our assumptions and with our judgment of who he is, our judgment of his character, if we'll come before him with the understanding that he is good and he is sovereign, we can get a heart of wisdom and say, okay, so the devil had to ask permission and get permission from God to attack Job. And God gave it to him. Interesting. And then Jesus comes and says that he's given us authority over all these things. Interesting. Remember, we talked about before how Satan actually requested something very similar of the disciples. And Jesus says to Peter, Satan has requested to sift you like wheat. That means test you and try you and see what's inside. That way he can build a case against you for your soul. But Jesus says, all those who believe these signs will follow. In my name, they'll drive out demons. They'll have authority over the, the kingdom of darkness, even though it's operating. And so God gives us all the tools, all the weapons that we need, but we have to be aware of what's going on. And the reason that demons are always trying to get you to sin, that the devil is always trying to get you to sin, is so that he can build a case against you. Your sin builds a case against you that gives the enemy legal access to you. Because if Job had cursed God, God would have been like, okay, you got him. And so when we rebel against God, when we rebel against the king, that is treason. And so when we rebel against him, that's a case against us, case closed. However, when we stay in relationship, when we stay connected to God, there's victory available for us. And he gives us everything that we need to do that. He sent the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of you, to give you insight, to give you wisdom. That's what was happening with Elisha. God was telling him things that nobody else knew. And God wants to do the same thing for you when you have relationship with him. God wants to give you insight. He wants to give you wisdom. He wants to give you Wisdom over all of the attacks of the enemy. Paul says, we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. We're not ignorant of his schemes. You have to know what he's trying to do against you. 
And it's actually very simple. He's trying to get you into his realm of authority so that he can have access to you, so that he can do all the things that he does. But uh, 1 John 3.8 says the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. And then he left it, much of it to us by delegating us authority. So, further in that verse, it says, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. The very thing that the devil was trying to do to kill Jesus was actually what needed to happen to bring all of us victory. So the devil trying to shut down the plan of God by having these men cooperate with him to crucify Jesus, because the devil knew who he was, and by them cooperating with the devil, they crucified Jesus. And how many of you guys know what crucifixion is? Some of you, okay. Crucifixion, I'll, I'll put it simply. It was a torturous means of death. It's where the term excruciating comes from because there's no other pain like it. There's, it's, it was scientifically designed to keep you alive for a long period of time while in the most amount of pain possible and to humiliate you. So they put you on a cross naked, beaten, bloodied, and in immense excruciating pain. And scripture is telling us that Jesus, by the very thing that the enemy was trying to do, by the very thing the enemy was trying to do to make a public spectacle of him, Scripture is saying that Jesus made a public spectacle of the kingdom of darkness triumphing over them by the cross. Why? Because our faith in Jesus' sacrifice clears our debt and disarms all weapons formed against us. You can act like that is actually a big deal. Or you could live in defeat, never allowing the power of Christ's sacrifice to disarm the weapons against you. So the, all of the weapons formed against you are a result of a case against you based on your sin. The Bible says all have sinned, all have fallen short. So you have sinned. And there is a case against you based on your sin that Jesus wants to pay for when you accept what he's done as payment for your sin, the case is cleared against you and that has disarmed the powers and authorities. Colossians 1.13 says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. He's rescued us from that. That's what he was trying to do. But if your revelation of the cross is just, all right, that Jesus guy died for my sins, see you in heaven, you'll miss out on what you're actually supposed to experience because there's supposed to be evidence of your relationship with him and it should come in the form of understanding the authority that he's given you, power over all of the power of the enemy. A few weeks ago, we talked about righteousness being a resource for us. This is what Jesus was trying to give us through dying for our sins. It 
cleared the case against us, which gave us, remember, we learned righteousness. One of the definitions of righteousness is judicial approval from God. The case is cleared against you. God has marked you innocent before him. You have now been approved by God and you have right standing with him. And that righteousness then gives you access to all that he has for you. And righteousness gives you access to authority. That's what Jesus was trying to give you. He said that he will give you peace. He said that he will be your wonderful counselor, your everlasting father, all of those things. But one of the most important things that we need to understand that we don't hear a lot about is the authority that he's given you. And so sometimes that peace comes in the form of you taking authority over what is stealing your peace. And you taking your peace by the authority that Jesus has given you. James 5.16 says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Why? Because the prayer of the righteous is a prayer of authority. But if you are not in right standing with God, you cannot command anything. We have to understand this because if we stay in this place of towing the line all the time, if we stay in this place of defeat and woe is me, we will never walk the way that Jesus wants us to walk and experience the life that he's come to give us. He said that he came to give us life and life more abundantly. And part of that is having authority. I mean, when you understand that you have authority over all the power of the enemy, that you are walking into a battle, but the victory is won, that should produce a peace in you. That should produce a comfort in you, a contentment in you, that your soul is secured for all of eternity. You are going to spend eternity with the God who created you, who loves you passionately. There's nothing but good waiting on you. And you have authority over everything coming against you. So what do we do with this information? Now that we have this revelation, now that we have this understanding, yeah, I'll take that, thank you. Hey, hey, there we go. Now that we have this understanding and this revelation, what do we do with it? That's the question. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, when you have the understanding that Jesus already disarmed those powers and authorities, you should live your life with that awareness, ready to engage. So the first thing that I'll touch on is in verse 10, he says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That's a very important command here. And it means that we should be growing in spiritual strength. So if you are aware that you're in a battle, but it's already won, and you have the king on your side, and you are a part of the kingdom that wins, there should be an understanding that you should be in relationship 
with the person who's giving you the victory. And he's saying to grow in him. Actually, that term, to be strong, it actually means to be empowered. That Greek word used there actually means to be filled with power. Be filled with power in the Lord. His mighty power. But in order to be filled with God's power, we must be in God's presence. So what should you do with this information? How should you live your life? Well, with a new understanding, a new revelation, a fresh revelation of what's actually taking place, that God wants to fill you with power. He's already given you authority. But one of the important things about authority is you actually have to have the power to act it out. That's what was so amazing about Jesus as he came and he said, I have authority over all these things. And then he demonstrated it by showing he had power over it. Power over sickness, power over disease, power over demonic oppression. When he walked up, demons would start screaming. And he'd just say, leave. And they'd leave. He showed that he had the power to act out the authority that he was given. And so God is saying, be in his presence and be filled with power to actually live out what I'm calling you to live out and to walk in the authority that I've given you. Many of us are not able to walk out the authority that God has given us because we don't spend any time with him. For many of us, this is a very fresh revelation of even the authority that we have. And so we can live our lives in ignorance and with no power. And if you just have salvation and never get what comes after it, you're going to miss out on all that God has for you. We learn that salvation is just the beginning. It's entrance into the kingdom of God. It's access to the kingdom of God. It's citizenship in the kingdom of God. And then God tells us that we are ambassadors. An ambassador is a representative of a kingdom in a foreign place the representative of a government and carries the full weight, the full authority of that government where they are. And so you, here in the earth, here in the world, here in society, here in your culture, here at your job, here in your school, here in your marriage, in your household, you are an ambassador of the kingdom of God and where you are should reflect the kingdom you are a part of. And so if your household is out of order and in disarray and a reflection of the kingdom of darkness, it shows what authority is being exercised there. However, the good news is it doesn't take a whole lot to exercise the authority that should be exercised there. The awareness is the first step the awareness that you have authority, then he's saying that you can be filled with power by God. How? By getting in his presence. This is why it's important for us to be praying when we understand what's happening there. And it's not just, hey, God, this is happening again. Can you fix this? Can you change this? Could you please? When we understand that God is a loving father and Jesus tells us to pray, our father in heaven, Establishing that relationship, understanding that relationship and approaching him correctly as your father. As a father, he's given you 
access to everything that he has. And so you can exercise that where you are, and it will change the way that you pray. And so I shared with you guys before that I'm kind of doing these prayer walks in the morning, and it's changed some of the ways that I'm praying and some of the things that I'm praying for. And I'm not saying, hey, God, ah, man, would you please help me? God, I'm just begging you. Would you, would you help me? Would you, would, you, would you look for my own high? Just notice little old me down here. And help me if you have time. No. With an understanding of authority, I'm walking in confidence before God and exercising authority. So taking authority over the spiritual state of my neighborhood, over the spiritual state of my household, saying, God, let your kingdom come, as Jesus said. Let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done here in this house as it is in heaven. Let my house be a reflection of where you dwell. We submit this place to you. This is a place that we invite you to dwell. And we say, have your way here as your will is done in heaven. And so anything that could be standing in that way, Lord, give us wisdom to remove it. Lord, we submit it to you. We surrender it to you. We place it at your feet. Anything that would stand in the way of us being in close relationship and for, of this being a place that you want to dwell and a place that you want to commune with us and connect with us, you are welcome here. Help us to make this a place that you want to be, a place that you want to rest. And I know what comes with that because in the Lord's presence, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so that's why I can exercise an authority in my house that there's not gonna be any bondage in here. Why? Because the king is here. Because I've prepared a place for him. And the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom to be able to do that. It's not because I'm strong within my own human strength. It's because God will do that for you. He wants to be with you. He wants relationship with you. He wants intimacy with you. God, have your way in my neighborhood as it is in heaven. I don't know who's praying in here. I don't know who's not. I don't know what's going on in here, but you do. And I know that those who are with me are greater than those who are with them. And Lord, I just declare your peace over this place. Any children who are in here, Lord, I just declare your peace over them. Lord, draw their hearts to you. Help them to walk in purpose, walk in relationship with you. Help them to be carriers of your gospel, Lord. Help them to know you. Help them to walk in the authority that you've called them to and I bind any demonic attacks against them. I cast out any demonic presences in this place in the name of Jesus. There will be no abuse, there will be no violence. Why? Because I am taking the authority that God has given me and exercising it. But that can only happen when you're able to be filled with power. I cannot do that if I'm not spending time with God. I just noticed that something happens in my life and I don't feel quite as strong spiritually when I'm not spending time with him. And it affects the way that I pray. And so if I've been distant for a little while, my prayers don't feel quite as strong or effective. But when I'm spending time with him, when I'm reading his word, man, God will just reveal himself to you. He will meet you where you are. Open your Bible. This is an important matter. The word of God. 
He's wanting to equip you to reveal himself to you so that you can live the life that he's calling you to live. And one of the very important things that we even learned in one of the previous messages is, is that we have access to like this ATM. Prayer is like an ATM, right, that we can withdraw from. And the word of God is the pin. So you're not exercising your authority. You're exercising the authority that he's given you through his word. That's why you have to know his word. And that's how you can be filled with power. But how can you be filled by somebody you are not in the presence of? How can I fill a cup that's not in front of me? If you want to be filled by God, get in his presence. And he's right here. He says, when you seek me wholeheartedly, you will find me. When two or three gather in my name, I am in the midst of them. And anything that you ask for in my name will be given to you. It's not that complicated. He doesn't want to make this a puzzle for us to figure out. He wants to reveal it to us clearly. But we can only get that revelation if we're reading the Bible. And so many of us, I, I'll tell you, one of the greatest enemies to you reading the Bible is the fact that you think you already know it. Don't get there. I probably know more of the Bible than 90% of the people in this room, and I'd say that confidently. And I don't know it all. That's why I'm in it constantly. Constantly because I wanna be filled with power, he's my priority. So he has to come first. But if he keeps falling to the bottom of the list and then all the things that are actually oppressing you and keeping you in bondage are at the top of your list and then we wonder why we have no freedom, I'm a Christian and I don't have freedom, where are your priorities and where is your power? Your power comes from his presence, but he has to be a priority for you to get in his presence because there are a lot of things battling for your time and competing for your time. But when you say, God, I'm going to make you a priority and I'm going to get in your presence, he will meet you. This is what he does with me. I mean, especially lately. I've been literally opening the Bible every time to something that he wants to speak to me. Now, that doesn't always happen. There are kind of ebbs and flows in any relationship. But right now, I'm loving this, but I have to actually open it. So many of us say, ah, man, I don't know where to start. Open it. <laughs> but you can start in the Gospels. Start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, any of those. Google is so powerful. Oh, man, if you Googled the question that was in your head, 95% of the time you get a really simple answer. Where should I start reading the Bible? Google, nonstop answers. Because there's not really a question that you're going to ask that nobody else has asked. And especially when it comes to scripture, there's tons of resources. And you'll be able to see things very quickly it's not that complicated, but we have to get in the presence of God. And if you want to be able to pray effectively, read the Bible. That's the most powerful thing that you can do. When I go to pray, you know what I do? Quote scripture. Why? Because I'm talking to God in his language. God, you said this. God, you said that. Hey, remember when you said this? Remember when you said that? And I know that I can walk in authority 
because I'm just calling him on what he said. And so if you said where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And where two or three are gathered in your name, you are in the midst. If you're here, that means there's freedom here. So we can have faith and we can exercise the authority that you are going to follow through on what you said is going to happen. And so when I'm going through something or I need prayer for something, you know what I do? I pray and then I call somebody or ask my wife to pray with me because Jesus said, we're two, that's all you need, are gathered. He's in the midst. So you can exercise authority, but you have to be filled with power. A little further down in Ephesians 6 and verse 18, he says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Say all kinds. All kinds of prayers. How many kinds of prayers do you pray? Okay. Good. I hear you quoting the scripture, but I'm asking you directly. <laughs> How many kinds of prayers do you pray? Do you pray all kinds of prayers or one kind of prayer? The God I'm desperate kind of prayer or the I've gotten in the routine of this kind of prayer. The I've had, I've gotten enough and I'm confident in my relationship with God and I don't need anything else kind of prayer. Or is it the God you said Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. God, if I'm not feeling hungry, help me to hunger for you kind of prayer. Because you know he's going to fill that. But he doesn't say those who hunger and thirst for the fulfillment of their own dreams will be filled. And many of the times we are praying, God, fulfill my dream, fulfill my will. But when you align yourself with his will, oh, man, it's really easy to pray. God, let your will be done in my life. I can pray that with faith because I know he'll actually do it. But I have to trust that his will is good and is better than mine. And that's what I've learned. I can have a lot of desires. I can have a lot of plans. I can have a lot of will on my own. But I've learned that God's will is much better than mine. And when I pray giving him the authority in my life and exercising the authority that he's given me, that's when I find fulfillment. So what should we do with this information? One, we should be growing in spiritual strength by being filled with God's power. And then two, we should be exercising our authority. So when you understand, hey, we're in battle, we are at war, whether we engage or not, you're at war. The Bible says our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Does it say some people have a struggle and some people don't? No. Our struggle, you have one, but it's not against flesh and blood. Your struggle is not against your boss. Your struggle is not against your spouse. Your struggle is not against your friends. Your struggle is not against flesh and blood, not against humans. That is not what you struggle with most. 
This is the Bible. This is not my opinion. Your struggle is not against flesh and blood. But when you place the priority on flesh and blood and you place your eyes on flesh and blood, that's where we experience the stress that comes along with submitting to that. But when you understand that your struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against the rulers, the authorities, and the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. When we're aware of that, when we see that reflected by our boss and our spouse and our friends and the people around us, we know that we don't go fight with them. We take authority in the spiritual realm. We say, open my eyes, God, to not look at what's surrounding me physically, but to be aware of you surrounding me in the spiritual realm. And when I, and I'm going to cling to my righteousness, my right standing with you. I'm not going to allow this to have me sway and disobey you and rebel against you and therefore forfeit my authority and fall right into the trap of the enemy so that he can have a case against me. I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to stay with, in relationship with you. I'm going to cling to your word. I'm going to declare your word. I'm going to get in my word harder now. I'm going to pray harder now. And I'm going to declare the things that you told me that I can declare over this situation. So you say you're the prince of peace. You say peace you give me, peace you leave with me, and you don't, leave, you don't give as the world gives. Okay. God, I thank you for your peace that you give to me and you don't give as the world gives. So my peace is not determined by this circumstance or this situation or this person, but my peace is determined by your person and you don't change. And your presence here with me means that I have freedom. And you said that, that there is fullness of joy in your presence. And so I thank you for your joy. And I pray that you would move on their heart because your word says to make prayers and petition and intercession and thanksgiving for all people because it is your will that all people would be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So, Lord, I pray for this person to be in relationship with you, to have their eyes open, Lord, to have their hearts open, to have their ears open. Lord, and I pray that you would give them peace so that they could live in authority and they won't continue to act out the plan of the enemy but that they would be reconciled to you. And when we live like that, that's when we actually live like Jesus. With victory and authority, praise and worship are things that you can do to take authority over the atmosphere, over the environment. He says that he inhabits the praises of his people so if you want God to be present and to exercise his authority over all of the darkness you're experiencing, the sickness and the powers of darkness that you're experiencing, get, get two or three gathered because he's in the midst and praise because he inhabits the praises. So you're going to come one way or the other. You're going to show up either because it's a few of us here in your name or we're praising or you're going to show up like crazy because we're doing both.
But what I'm not going to do is submit to my circumstance and my situation and say, this is who I am. And this happened to me when I was younger. So then this is who I am. And this is determined because you said that you made a spectacle of the kingdom of darkness and, and you have rescued us from their dominion. So no matter what happened to get me in their dominion and in their authority, you have rescued me and I have access to everything you have. You said that the fruit of the spirit is peace and love and joy. You said that there is fruit of you being on the inside of me no matter what circumstances have happened. So I'm gonna walk in that and walk in that authority. As we close out tonight, I wanna read one last passage of scripture that I think exposes this better than a lot of other passages of scripture. Matthew 8, 5 through 10 says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him. This is a Roman soldier, not a Jew. So this is not somebody who was under the Jewish religion. This isn't somebody who people would consider close with God. This is probably one of the most secular worldly cultures, and this guy was a part of that government, a part of that army, says a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, and remember, we learned last week that that is an expression, giving that person, expressing that they have absolute authority. So this Roman centurion, who should actually, in the physical sense, have authority over Jesus, because he's a citizen and this is a soldier, comes to Jesus and says, Lord, which means master. This means this guy had some type of understanding that a lot of other people didn't have. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. The fact that he even came to Jesus meant he knew that this person being paralyzed and suffering terribly should not be happening and that there was hope. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? What a great master, what a great Lord that he would say, oh, he's suffering. Should I come, the king, should I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me, meaning I'm under authority and I have authority. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. This is one of two scriptures that talk about Jesus being amazed, the God who knows everything, being amazed. And both deal with faith. This one, He's saying he's amazed at this man's faith. And this is not somebody who's grown up in the synagogues and knows all the scriptures. 
He probably doesn't know any of them. He didn't understand religion, but he understood authority. He understood kingdom. And Jesus is saying, this guy gets it. I wish somebody else would. This man says, I'm under authority with those, with, with people under me, meaning I have authority and I know how this works. So he's saying, because I know you are Lord, you are master, you have authority. And Jesus is saying, man, if only my people would understand this, if only my people would live this way, understanding that I'm king, not just a savior. Jesus is savior, but he's also king. Jesus is resurrected. He has saved you. He's proven his authority and dominion over death and darkness. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. If my children would live as this man is living, understanding that, man, even if you don't know every scripture, you know who's king. But if you know who's king, you'll go read the scriptures that he wrote. So I believe we have an opportunity to amaze Jesus tonight. He said the faith amazed him and understanding of his authority and of his kingdom amazes him. So I believe we have that opportunity tonight. I believe there are some people in here who you may not have known who Jesus was, but now you understand a lot more than you understood before. You understand that he's king and you want him to have authority over your life so that you can exercise authority over all of the enemy's attacks that have been coming against you and you can grasp eternal life and peace that surpasses understanding. If that's you today, I wanna make time for you because this is a really important decision. And if you are a follower of Christ, don't check out in this moment. We've been celebrating all the series as people are entering into the kingdom of God. If you understand who's king, if you understand this concept, you will be rejoicing and celebrating at anybody else who gets it because you know it's life-changing. And so we wanna give you the opportunity to step into a relationship. The Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found, meaning there will be a time when he won't be able to be found anymore by those who have not been seeking him. And so there is a sense of urgency on this you have the opportunity to step into relationship with Jesus Christ, the son of God and the king of everything and everybody who loves you passionately, who knows your thoughts, who knows your motives, who knows your circumstances, who knows what you've been through and still says, I love you. And still says, I want relationship with you. If that's you tonight, if there's something stirring in you, and you're saying, I want relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And I want all the believers around the room to pray it with us. Repeat after me, say, Jesus, 
I believe that you are the son of God and the king of the world. I believe that you came to earth to die for me so that I could live with you. I give you full authority over my life. I turn from my old ways and I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. I am yours and you are mine. I love you, I thank you, and I praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hey, thank you for listening. We're so glad to have you as a part of our community. If you want to get connected any further, please visit fusionatl.org. You can get plugged into a small group there, and you can also send in a prayer request so that we can pray for you. Once again, thanks for listening, and thanks for being a part of Fusion ATL.